AUC. The 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 AUC. This is the AUC Gridiron Rewind. And welcome to the AUC Gridiron Rewind. I am your host, Jamie Walker. And welcome. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Make sure you listen in every Monday as we talk everything AUC football. That's right. That includes your Clark Atlanta Panthers and your Morehouse College Maroon Tigers. And I'm glad to finally talk football. I know we're still talking COVID and we're in the era of COVID. And it's COVID this, COVID that. Delta variant. I just want to talk about Delta Sigma Theta more than the Delta variant. So welcome. Thank you for tuning in on this podcast. The AUC Gridiron Rewind is usually dedicated towards checking out the games and knowing what the games are. Um, the result of those games, the ins and outs, the breakdowns, things of that nature when it comes to really talking about Atlanta black college football within this city. Now, of course, you know, both of our teams play in the SIAC. Both of our teams relish in that ability as Atlanta is the capital or the main hub for not just college football, but black college football. We love that about this area. When you have these or this amount of alums in the area, when you have those kind of crowds just that passionate about black college football within this city you have to have someone or something that covers the AUC you know we 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 have you know of course you know multiple schools you got Spellman you definitely have um congratulations and kudos to Morris Brown who is on its way back hopefully they'll be able to be included on this podcast as well one day as they get their football team back uh knock on wood but we're just happy to have them as a viable source within the Atlanta um, University Consortium. But again, when you're talking about the gridiron right now, it's just these two schools, you know, talking about Clark Atlanta and you're talking about Morehouse. And again, when you're talking about the Clark Atlanta Panthers, you're, you're talking about a team that's proud. You're talking about a school that's very proud, lots of famous alums. And, and so when it comes to its football team, They've been down the last few years. And so when you're looking at the way that they can rebuild themselves, it's a long way to go. It started out a couple of years ago when it when it decided to hire Coach Tim Bowens, who had been on the Georgia State staff, you know, is definitely familiar with the area, Alabama graduate, you know, a person that's been around really good football, along with building programs and being within you know, areas in which they built programs. So coming into 2019 and that team going 0-10, I know it was kind of a shock for him, kind of a, a thing where I, I think as a coach, you don't want that, especially in your first time around. And so when you're when you're looking at that team in general, you're looking at a lot of young guys, I was looking through the roster, and – when it breaks down, of course, I've covered high school here for a long time, high school uh, football here in this city for a long time and really the surrounding areas for a very long time. And when you're looking at one of the main hubs for premier high school football 
in the country. You're talking about, you know, California. You're talking about the state of Texas. You're talking about Ohio. You're definitely talking about Florida. South Florida in particular, that, you know, that, that famous uh, I-4 corridor going south. Atlanta is a main hub for premier recruits. And so I think a positive game plan, really this is not just applying to Clark Atlanta football, but also you're talking about really any school or any you know institution that wants quality football players, including some that's in this town. There's some schools that recruit better than others. Some people choose to ignore the Atlanta metro area. But what I will tell you is that's a huge mistake because there's plenty of talent when it comes to Atlanta uh, metro area football. And so when I looked on that, that Clark Atlanta roster, a lot of it, of course, is dealing with Atlanta metro area players. And so I think that was definitely part of Coach Bowens' plan to rebuild the squad. So, of course, hopefully the, the, the fan base will be patient with that process because when you're talking about, you know, a school that's turning over both a coaching staff staff and a roster, you're talking about really an alumni base that needs to give it time. You need to give it at least three years, maybe even four, for them to turn around a complete uh, graduating class before you can kind of judge what's going on with the actual program. This is the AUC Gridiron Review, the inaugural podcast. I'm Jamie Walker. A little bit about me, even, you know, kind of just bouncing around. Been in this area for 20 years as an educator, as a reporter, as a producer, radio host, and podcast host as well. I'm affiliated with a, a few different places. You know, I have my own um, announcing, you know, voice company, Coach Work Media Enterprises, LLC. But along with that, I've worked for several entities in, within this city. I've worked, you know, as a coach uh, because I'm an educator. At, at several programs in the metro area. But along with that, stepping outside into the media realm, I've been a writer. I've been an announcer, play-by-play voice, color analyst. And I'll be continue playing in those roles. But I think it was important that Atlanta metro area black colleges were covered and really covered in a way that you can analyze the product being put on the field, especially in this area where so many proud programs and so many People that have decided to make Atlanta their home are, are proud to be in. So why not talk about the teams that are housed within this area? So again, this is the AUC Gridiron Rewind. And so continuing on, talking about Clark Atlanta, 2019, 0-10. A lot of close games within, you know, some of those, you know, all of those losses, some of them not so close. But when you're talking about a team that was looking to rebuild in Coach Bowens' first year, you're talking about a squad that, again, when you're talking about the kind of turnover they were looking to do, you're talking about rebuilding a program, a perennial program, again, that was not necessarily running away with SIEC championships, but you do want more and better for your team. And so when you bring in a coach with the pedigree of, of a Tim Bowens, you know that they're looking to to have greener pastures. So within that first year, I remember looking particularly at the the 
you know, it started out with a loss to Livingstone. But when they played Central State, you could see the potential within what they were able to do. They wanted a downfield passing attack. They wanted to use their athletes to to be able to score and wanted to have um, sound defensive schemes. And, again, when you're talking about that much turnover, it's not going to happen immediately. And so, you know, they went through 2019 winless, um, going 0-10. But I think after judging the SIAC media days and just hearing Coach Bowen was talking, hearing his coaching philosophy about a lot of things, uh, number one about, you know, the transfer portal and what he expects with, with the Panthers going forward, it's a thing of his philosophy really permeating what the team wants going forward. He wants to win first and foremost. Uh, he wants to coach quality student athletes. And so even within his philosophy within the transfer portal of, you know, there's a couple of coaches that kind of went with this philosophy in that they wanted to have players start from scratch. They weren't going to use the transfer portal to necessarily rebuild their teams because you never know why athletes were leaving other schools but they would always invite quality players within a squad because they have a philosophy of their team and they don't want to make matters worse by picking the wrong kinds of players within their squads and so I can respect that stance um, it's not necessarily where other coaches are in that they'll you know just pick players from from anywhere not necessarily um having the the backgrounds and and those type of players that every squad wants on their team but they're looking for a certain type of athlete that goes along with what a team does philosophically and i you know at first and and, and i can't front you know when you're looking on because it was it was virtual so by zoom you know it kind of took some people aback but when you sit and think about it, who would want someone that doesn't go with the team philosophy, especially when you're new, especially when you're not proven as a head coach yet? And what I mean by that is not disrespecting his abilities, but more so you're coming in new. You have this winless record so far. So who wants to bring in someone that is not all about winning? So it takes a lot within the backgrounds to actually say, OK. I'm going to, you know, bring in this athlete just to win. Of course, the fan base wants to see you win. But along with that, you want a quality program going forward. This is the AUC Gridiron Rewind. As we continue talking about Clark Atlanta football, we're going to move forward a little bit to Morehouse football. Coach Rich Freeman, who has been there seemingly forever, uh, who has built a quality program. But when you look at the likes of Miles, who has ascended, under Coach Reginald Ruffin. And when you've seen other programs be able to kind of steer the ship, and when you've seen teams actually join or rejoin the, the conference and been able to kind of put their footprint w within the, the SIAC, you know, Coach Freeman wants to bring in athletes as well to just get over that hump. Finished 4-6 and six last season, lost a few close games, but really had a dynamic duo of players at quarterback Michael Sims and running back Santo Dunn. You also have a lot of pieces on that offense coming back as well. And so this team has the capability to be able to go forward and do some big things 
in the 2021 campaign, and they start off really, really heavy. I'm gonna tell you, you know, looking at their at their you know non-conference um, schedule, you know, they're starting off with West Alabama. You know, follow along with with West Georgia, who they've been really competitive with and have beaten. So it's been a thing of of really analyzing and measuring where their team is going into the SIAC season. But I tell you what, as much as and, and I know I'm talking about our two teams within the city, but uh, but if you look at the way that the SIAC is actually shaping up within the teams they've acquired, Savannah State coming back back into the fold, this is a quality conference with really really good football. You know, there's not a a a, a week off at all when it comes to just how they're doing things. The SIAC every week, you better come to play. Now, yesterday we had a little bit of SIAC action. Uh, I, I guess technically a, a, a conference slash non-conference game. Uh, the the matchup between Kentucky State and Central State that was in Columbus in in you know Buckeye Stadium, and it was an HBCU classic that. The state of Ohio wanted to put on, and, and they did a pretty good job. You could see the crowds and and the battle of the bands afterwards. So the the HBCU experience in Columbus really showed itself. Uh, it really didn't you know do anything for Central State, who lost the game. Kentucky State thoroughly dominated from start to finish. And when you're looking at again the SIC teams, even from afar. You know, you have tough competition every week. Kentucky State, with that vaulted option offense, was able to, you know, hold off Central State. Central State, breaking in a new coach themselves, is looking for a solid footing going into the SIAC. So when you're looking at the ways in which Clark Atlanta and Morehouse are looking to steer the ship going forward, you know, you, you, have, a tough, you have some tough sledding coming forward. You know, it's a thing of... When you're looking and, and analyzing what this what this conference is able to do, what kind of football you're going to be playing within this conference, you know it's no easy task. But I, I think if you recruit co- correctly, you obtain athletes that are serious about the program. Again, when you're talking about Clark Atlanta, Coach Bowen's wanting to build culture a certain culture there, and then Coach Freeman wanting to continue that culture. Of course, Morehouse being you know, a gold standard of academia. They want a certain type of athlete that could go along with that. They don't want just everyone. Morehouse is prestigious in that way. They think of themselves in that way, and they they are. But when you're looking at winning football, they're not that far away. I would beg to say Morehouse is definitely in a little bit better position than Clark Atlanta right now. Not saying Clark Atlanta can't do it. But we'll be curious to see what they do going forward. This is the AUC Gridiron, Gridiron, excuse me, (laughs) the AUC Gridiron Rewind as we're previewing and talking about uh, HBCU football here in the AUC. Now, we also have some other action that went on on yesterday as where we, you know, we talked about the SIAC matchup that was, you know, good and bad. Uh, both teams coming in wanting to prove themselves. One breaking in a new coach, the other trying to continue where, where you know they were in the last time they played. But along with that, Edward Waters University now 
Edward Waters University, not no longer Edward Waters College, Edward Waters University pulls out a last second victory over Florida Memorial and are, you know, well on their way to getting their footing here now that they're in Division Two. And so they are a member of the SIAC that ineligible for a championship this year. Uh, but they are within the conference and will have a conference um, schedule this year. And so when you're looking at them as a team, also breaking in a new coach with Toriano Morgan, you know, you saw within really all the football that happened yesterday. Now I'm talking about both within, you know, bowl championship series or playoff teams and, you know, major division one along with SCS um, teams. The football yesterday, whenever you're starting out after a long period of time off, some teams even longer than others, the football had to get, for lack of a better term, back on good footing. You know, you saw a lot of mistakes yesterday. You saw a lot of sloppy play you saw you can see the rust within all of these teams playing but when you looked at the way that um some teams were able to kind of keep it in the road and pull off victories you could see that it's almost like riding a bike again you know you know once you get that football back in hand it may take a little bit longer just to get adjusted but nonetheless you saw the ways in which some of these teams were able to pull out last second victories and edward waters university was able to do so over Florida Memorial by the score of 24 to 20. Uh, they had lightning delays and all kinds of stuff, but nonetheless was able to pull out a victory, um, scoring a touchdown with about 45 seconds left. Kudos to them as they break in a new stadium and, you know, just the atmosphere was wonderful and, and everything that they wanted to actually do as the premier <laughs> or the only Division Two. HBCU within the state of Florida, you saw what kind of excitement was coming in. And so I am just looking forward to what the SIAC will be. Because I said earlier in the summer, you know, especially with the acquisitions of teams, you know, a new logo by the SIAC, you could see what kinds of things going forward that this conference wanted to be. And so you heard some rumblings of of teams going other places, but I tell you what. The SIC is in prime position right now to have really good conference stability if they continue with the teams they have growing and, and, and going. You you saw acquisitions in other conferences, but the SIAC is in really good footing right now if they can continue going on. But talking about our AUC, HBCUs, Clark Atlanta, and Morehouse, again, what are your expectations for them this season? You know, Clark Atlanta has a little bit tougher road, of course, because, again, changing coaching staffs, changing players, you know, really trying to establish a culture within that team. You know, that first year under Coach Bowens, which is 2019, you have to consider the fact that they have not played football in such a long time. And so when you're looking at the ways in which those squads are, are coming in now, or that squad is coming in now, and trying to remember just how Coach Bowens wants them to play, which, of course, with a lot of coaches are fast. Okay, I'm not going to go the Dan Quinn route, <laughs> but, but they do want them to play fast and physical, but also smart and tough. So when you're looking at Clark Atlanta, 
it'll be interesting to see how they go about putting a really good team back on the field, a competitive team back on the field. And again, with Morehouse, how do they take that next step, that ascending step into championship caliber football? You know, again, four and six, but they have a lot of good pieces going coming back. And so when you're looking at the ways in which Coach Freeman and Coach Bowens kind of approaches these the this season, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the SIAC. I'm talking about one more matchup that went on uh, in HBCU football yesterday in week zero. Uh, it, like, you know, I heard my uh, my boy, A.D. Drew, talk about on his podcast. Uh, I don't know why they're calling it week zero because if you got an L, <laughs> it's a real L. So I don't know where this week zero comes from. But but uh, in the MEAC SWAC Challenge or SWAC MEAC Challenge, depending on your vantage point, uh, North Carolina Central surprises a lot of people and takes it to Alcorn State. You know, the expected, you know, winner within the the the, the SWAT conference, you know, that team that, you know, although didn't play in the spring, was fully expected to do great things, took an L yesterday in Atlanta at Center Park Stadium. And I tell you what. I saw that game pretty much from start to finish. And initially when it's when it started, you know, quarterback Felix Harper coming back, you know, uh, you know, Nico Duffy coming back in the backfield. They started off really clicking offensively and then something happened where they were just off. Ball security issues with with um with Harper and you saw just really them not being able to have much offensive continuity. It was a wonder just what was going on. Maybe the layoff. Again, going back to the layoff, really not being in sync early. Again, when you've been off for that that much time, that amount of time, it's it's you know, it's clear that you know, players have to get back used to playing against competition. It's not but so much practice you can do. You can't simulate you know, game speed and game intensity, just practicing. You can't. It's just a different type of feeling. And so when you're looking at the ways that game went and North Carolina Central came in, I'm going to be honest with you, I fully expected them to lose, especially when you're talking about Alcorn State, who has been there, um, you know, been in the championship and has won, you know, the, the, the SWAT conference. And so I fully expected them under head coach Fred Minaire to come in there and really just dominate. You know, it was a what fifteen point. You know, they were they were you know it was supposed to be a fifteen point victory or better. You know, if it was supposed to be close, then you, they would have been disappointed, according to some. So when you look at the way that North Carolina Central simply had a game plan and executed, they didn't talk much. They just went out and performed. You know, kudos to Coach Trey Oliver and that and and that staff who really had a good offensive plan. They ran the football timely. They threw. Um, threw the ball, they left, you know, plays in the quarterback's hands, and he simply just made plays. Didn't try to make the the super dynamic play, but went out and just just dominated on a thorough level. And so, you know, they were able to run the football, you know, continue running the clock, you know, and just execute it and pulled out Atlanta with a victory. So kudos to them. But again, when you're talking about SIAC play, particularly with Clark Atlanta and Morehouse, 
you have to you know see those types of things as well. When you're talking about Clark Atlanta again in the 2019 campaign, they were in search of of really a culture change. You know, they tried throwing the ball, throwing the ball deep in the spread offense. You know, defensively again, they wanted to you know get pressure on the quarterback. You know, and they tried different things. They would switch, switch personnel. They would you know just really looking for good footing in which to establish what went on. And then, of course, 2020, they don't play. You know, so when you're looking at what happens with the program going forward, or really in the 2021 campaign, we really don't know what's going on. And so I think Coach Bowens, again, bringing that experience from so many different places, it'll be interesting to see what the Panthers do going forward. This is the AUC Gridiron Rewind as we are continuing talking AUC football, Clark Atlanta Panthers, and the Morehouse College Maroon Tigers. Morehouse, on the other hand, Morehouse, and we talked about it earlier, has some pieces. Despite not playing, they were the first school who said they were not going to play in 2020. But for Michael Sims, to come back, when you have a, a quality signal caller to come back in the fold, that is really, you know, for lack of a better term, I, I guess it's a country term I learned, you know, being here in Georgia, that's really high cotton. And what I mean by that is when you have somebody that comes in and knows your offense, leads your team, and has played at a high level along with, Really, your entire starting backfield, including that kid from Miami, Santo Dunn, the, the 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 spark plug that that makes it all happen. You know, you're really in good footing. Also, along with that, you know, the Moon Tigers have had some quality transfers coming to, you know, coming to BT Harvey, and now we'll see what's going on. We'll see what continues um, with this team. They may be a sleeper. In the SIAC, you know, of course, Miles is always up there. You know, Savannah State, who surprised everybody coming back into the conference um, by beating everybody. They won't be slept on this year. But, you know, it's always a tough task getting through the SIAC. But with that kind of experience for Morehouse coming back, they may run up and surprise some people. They may just run up and surprise some people. So I want everybody to kind of stay tuned to what's going on with them. So it's been a really a quick 30 minutes um, here on the AUC Gridiron Review. Excuse me. Well, I keep talking about Gridiron Review. Gridiron Rewind. Okay. Now we're reviewing today, but we'll be rewinding next Monday as we talk about what happened as Clark Atlanta travels to Salisbury, North Carolina to take on the Livingstone College Blue Bears. I will hopefully be there. Um, not broadcasting. I was going to be broadcasting originally. But I'll probably be at the game looking to see what Clark Atlanta will do. Um, just in general. And Morehouse goes to West Alabama to take on you know, West Alabama to see what, what they're capable of as well. I think that's a really good matchup just to see where your team is on both fronts. Clark Atlanta lost to Livingstone in 2019 in a very close ball game so we'll see what happens with both of the, both of our teams here in the atlanta metro area 
it's been fun in these first 30 minutes. It's been really fun just kind of concentrating and, and thinking about what our teams will do. I hope you will continue listening to the AUC Gridiron Rewind podcast by Jamie Walker. It's been fun. I hope you all continue to listen. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. And if you have any opinions or want any feedback or whatever or just want to add to this podcast, be sure to contact me by email, coachworkproductions at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at coachworksports. So again, make sure you listen every Monday throughout the football season here on the AUC Gridiron Rewind. In these unprecedented moments, whether it be through trauma or isolation, when times are stressful and you feel like you need a listening ear, a clear direction, therapy is a superb alternative to the potentially negative habits people sometimes turn to. There's Choose Better For You PLLC. Choose Better For You provides mental health services for individuals, couples, and families. Choose Better For You is a minority-owned private practice located in East Charlotte at 3126 Milton Road, Suite 232, at a cross-section of W.T. Harris, Sharon Amity, and Milton Road on the second floor above ETLR. They're currently accepting new clients servicing North and South Carolina residents, processing EAP benefits, private insurance, and self-pay. Check out Choose Better For You at www.choosebetter4theletteru.com or call their appointment line at 704 704- 9300680 You can also inquire by email at choose better the number 4 the letter u at gmail.com Choose better for you PLLC because when you know better you do better only if you choose better The Lead Center for Youth is a nonprofit organization located in the city of Atlanta that uses baseball to teach black boys how to overcome three curveballs that threaten their success, crime, poverty, and racism. To learn more about LEAD, visit leadtolegacy.org. That's lead, the number two, legacy.org.